0: Hello and welcome to this week's Prem 15s in 15. I am Alex Reid and I'm with Fergus Mainland for TW2, bringing a round-up of all of the games as well as as Matt's moment of merit and the biggest talking points of the week. Uh, Fergus, could you please give us a rundown of the scores?
1: Yes, Alex. It's been... A pretty epic weekend of fixtures in the Prem 15s. It was wins for all of the top five teams. And just taking you down the list, Bristol Bears, they came out on top of Sale Sharks, 48 points to 21. DMP Sharks, despite their new signings, which we'll come on to shortly, they fell to Worcester, 53 points to 5. Exeter Chiefs, their women came out on top, 37 points to 19 in a thriller at Sandy Park against Saracens. Gloucester-Heartbreak, they continued their dominance, their unbeaten run remains intact, beating Loughborough Lightning 46 points to 12. And Alex, the game, we were at the London Derby, Harlequins women came out on top of Wasps 71-0.
0: Yeah, it was a great game, um, very good to watch. But I suppose the fir- the best talking point of the week to start off with is the DMP Sharks new sign-ins, because it's sort of come out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know what you think. I know you've written a article for the Sports Gazette. Um, can you give us a
1: rundown? Yeah, I think what's really intriguing about this uh, is six new signings that they've brought in. Five stars from the USA Eagles, which is massive for the team. And they've also scored uh, least Martin, the Scottish hooker, who's one of the Scottish players who has received a pro contract from the SRU. So in terms of talent, they've just brought in six incredible players, uh, two of which started in the first 15 and two of which made their debuts off the bench over the weekend. And it's just a matter of time before these players start to come together, gel, and we, and we see the impact that they've got. What we, what baffled me the most, though, was why on earth did they sign with, with DMP at this stage in the season, which sounds like a terrible thing to say. But we know that they're not going to be part of the league. DMP aren't appealing the RFU's decision. But the general consensus is, having chatted to Olivia Ortiz, the Eagles scrum half, and uh, Tess Fury as well, one one of the backs they've just signed, they just want to come over and play rugby. That's the big thing. And DMP presents a brilliant opportunity to do that. Come into a team play your heart out for the rest of the season. And obviously, D aren't in the league next year, so it's all about showing themselves off in the best light to the other teams in the Prem 15, so that when time comes, they're in a position to almost show themselves off to, to our team and get themselves a contract for next year.
0: But obviously, the Prem 15s is the elite women's league in the world right now. And for them to um, have this, like, six months to maybe earn a contract hmm. off the back of it, it's probably quite a good experiment, and I guess, DMP might play a bit better if they've got these sorts of
1: players in their squad. Yeah, I had wondered if we'd see a slightly kinder scoreline in that Worcester game, given the players coming in and a couple of them starting. But I think we're more likely to see some momentum starting to build from them once they get a bit more cohesion with the squad over the next coming weeks or so. But they weren't the only signings, though. We also had Hannah Sims, the former Bristol Bear. She moved to Harlequins. Uh, She was named on the bench in that game. Chloe Rowley, the Scottish player, has signed with Loughborough Lightning as well. And obviously, Emily Chancellor finally comes over from Australia. It seems like it's been ages since this announcement came out. But she finally came over, completes the trio of Wallaroos at Harlequins. And she also made her debut off the bench as well which I think segues quite nicely into that Wasps game. It
0: does, it does, it does. 71-0 in the end. Um, We were both there covering it for the Sports Gazette. Um, Follow them on Twitter if you're not already. Uh, We produced some very good video content that everyone should go and watch uh, post the match. Uh, The thing that I thought was weirdly impressive, seeing as the scoreline was so one-sided for Quinns, was their defence was just phenomenal. Um, The organisation did not concede any points in any rugby game is pretty impressive. Obviously, Wasps have got the problems in their squad right now, but Emily Robinson, specifically for me, at open side was really impressive. She was putting quality hits in and organising that defence very well. And obviously, one other name that we have to mention from this game is Ellie Kildunner.
1: (laughs) She was brilliant, wasn't she? Um, She was brilliant. Uh... The thing
0: that impresses me so much about her is she just seems to have so much time on the ball. I think anyone that's played the game the the most impressive players are when they get the ball and they're going to go and carry it someone is they seem like they're floating that they can just create space for the players is he make you and freya oaken on the wings both got put through gaps multiple times on her sort of outside arcs and they had is of space to run into because she was always committing loads of defenders yeah she she was just so impressive throughout that game
1: yeah she was and i caught up with lj lewis the wasps coach uh, and she's she's a forward by trade she's a forwards coach and I think Alex one of the strong points for wasps in the first half they only conceded 19 points but their set piece their scrum in particular was incredible it I was overpowering Quins just about every time they lined up um, for a scrum pushing them right over the ball on occasions which was which was really impressive to see but I think what LG found disappointing was the inability for wasps to convert their opportunities they had into tries they found they go through phases of play and then all of a sudden they spill the ball they're not quite able to string those phases of play together but they worked themselves up in the second half right up to the quinn's try line and they had a few penalties going their way after quinn's off sides ill-discipline round round the try line as well, but they kept in LJ's view they opted for the wrong decision. They should have been going for the scrum. They should have been going for the scrum penalties, yeah. right in front of the posts, which has been their their strongest part of the game so far, uh, and they didn't they didn't come away with any points. And actually, on the back of that, while well, Ellie Kil Dunn ran it in from one end of the pitch <laughs> to to the other, yeah. so I think with Wasp, she was saying. Because of the situation with their squad, it's a much smaller squad than a lot of the others that they've got out. They had a bench of six players. They've got to be very tactical. They've got to shift their tactics as to how they put a game together, particularly when you go up against a well-drilled side that's got a a fully stacked subs bench. Um, uh, So each game, they talk about their aims. Uh, They have three aims for each week. And after this weekend's performance, they now go away, review those aims, see how they performed... And perhaps alter them for the, for the next coming fixture. <laughs> They've got Wasps a really interesting encounter with Sale Sharks at Sale coming up next weekend. Interesting to see how they're going to be able to take that good stuff they did round that scrum into this game where, against Sale, which is a team that's starting to struggle a little bit. It's picking up uh, consecutive losses on the bounce.
0: It's difficult for Wasps because obviously their squad's been decimated by the problems that they're having and when those moments like when they were parked on Quinn's five metre line, I think a lot of that comes down to leadership and organisation and those are the things that you lose when you lose players um, because you're not guaranteed to be in the league next year. It wasn't a terrible performance even though the scoreline probably suggests that it is, they were pretty good in the first half. They'll go into next week and they'll try and act on those aims that they set, obviously we don't know what they are but... Yeah, it was weirdly positive, I think. That was the Quins and Wasps game, and probably the other biggest game of the week was Exeter versus Saracens at um, Exeter, and we have Matt's moment of merit from the game, Um, and here it is.
2: Exeter Chiefs women against Saracens women always promised to be an interesting game. Two of the the best teams in the country facing off against each other. So uh, it's no surprise that my moment comes from that game and a game that actually was packed full of uh, interesting moments. But the one that really stood out for me uh, was the build up to Exeter's second try. Uh, Saracens have the ball, uh, a pass uh, out of the ruck. To Fee McIntosh goes wrong, bounces off her leg. Flo Robinson sweeps in and scoops it up. Uh, manages to hand off to uh, one of her teammates. The ball gets uh, passed back to her as her teammate gets tackled. Uh, and then Robinson just goes on a uh, a run with it. Manages to boot it forward to keep it in play. It's not the most graceful, slick, wonderful run that you'll ever see. It's not a beautiful wingers try by any stretch. But there's something about her bounding forwards, diving onto that ball, coming up with a huge grin on her face that just set the tone for the entire game uh, for, for Exeter Chiefs. And for me, that's the moment from this weekend that I'll be remembering for a, a while yet.
0: That was Matt's moment of merit, Fergus. What did
1: you think about that game? I think Matt Merritt, friend of the pod, <laughs> picked, out, picked out a cracky moment, actually, Um, This, I mean, we're all really looking forward to to this encounter. It was a repeat of last season's Prem 15's grand final, uh, which obviously Saracens came out on top, but this time around they travelled to Exeter, a ground they hadn't ever won in before, and that continues losing 37-19, which for Saracens is a pretty humbling defeat, actually. It pushes them down into the bottom half of the table, uh, below one point below Worcester and only two points ahead of Sale. So for Saracens, they've got a huge amount to figure out. Actually, a huge amount to figure out with with well, what is this Saracens team? What is what is the style of rugby they want to play? Because they're starting to slip behind the leaders really quite badly. Exeter, for example, thirty points. So they're already fifteen points behind second place Exeter, who they got beaten by, but the gap's up to fourth for that all-important playoff spot is only five points, actually. Despite everything I just said, it's only five points, but to catch the top two teams, Gloucester on 34, Exeter on, on 30, they've got a real mountain to climb coming up. But I think what impressed me so much, Alex, was just the rate that Exeter came out of the blocks in that first half. 29-7 was the score at halftime, um, Matt touched on a few of them, but first half tries from Liv McGovern, Flo Robinson, Maisie Allen, Kate Zachary, and Hope Rogers um, were were just. They just blew them out of the park. There was. I think when you've got a scoreline like that at half time, a team's never going to come back into contention. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird from
0: Saracen's perspective because they've got so much experience in that squad. I mean, the amount of red roses that are in there, Marley Packer, Zoe Harrison, to name a few, they should really be doing better than they are. Um, and obviously they know that, but. If they don't turn it around now they're not going to get in the playoffs and if you said that to me before the start of the season i would have probably laughed in your face but they don't deserve it at the moment and with performances like that against exeter in the first half they probably um, won't deserve it if it carries on
1: yeah look poppy cleo did get yellow cards uh but i think if you're only down to 14 players for 10 minutes we've seen at various occasions um that actually 14 players is still manageable, down to 13, that's when you start to have issues, but 14 players is still manageable for the duration of the game. But I tell you what, the other big standout for me, uh, we had over 2,000 people at, at that match, 2,187 the official attendance notice, which is which is cracking.
0: Yeah, the attendance is for the men's are already going down and the women's are going up, which is great because we want... Um, more young girls watching rugby and wanting to play
1: rugby, so it's all looking rosy. Maybe not for Saracens, but yeah. (laughs) Well, speaking of Saracens, I suppose just as we come to an end, looking ahead to this weekend, uh, some brilliant fixtures uh, coming up. Starting on Saturday, Saracens have got a really good opportunity to bounce back. They've got, that's a weird phrase, isn't it? A mid-table clash between themselves and worcester at saracens one that they'll be looking to to come out of the the blocks and and really put some points into into worcester loughborough also play dmp sharks that's the three o'clock kickoff at loughborough so the big question is well how many of those new additions are going to be in the starting team because i think the more players come into that starting team the bigger chance that. that DMP will have against Loughborough against a team that's not quite as good as it should be, that Loughborough team again, packed with international talent, but they find themselves 8th in the table at the moment um, having won just one match so far this season They've not got the
0: excuse of having a game in hand as well so it's very, very strange I don't understand what's going on there but something, much like Saracen, something needs to change
1: right away Hmm. and we've already mentioned on sunday sale go against wasps extra chiefs will have a really interesting encounter with bristol bears and gloucester Hartbury will go against harlequin's women and those last two ones alex it's just a mismatch mismatch of the top four teams in the table so those two games are going to be electric i think
0: yeah yeah and um um I'm thinking that teams further down the table will be hoping that probably the top two um, will do them a favour because it might be an opportunity for Saracens and Sale to catch them up and close up the playoff race. That was the Prem 15s in 15 for this week. We hope you have a good week and look forward to the lot of games coming this weekend. Thank you very much.